Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. So now it's time to turn it up. Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up. We all up in your area like landscape. Definitely bringing you the power slam and pancakes. It's the mandate that you tune in. It's time to move out so we can move in. And recognize that this is no illusion. I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion. It all started off in the book of Genesis. When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis. And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him. He touched his hip but he really couldn't have devoured him. And from that point, then we hear a name change. Rearrange the game so now we gotta change. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Indeed, 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 ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 328, the Pancakes and Power Slam show. I am Chris Featherstone. As always, follow us on Crave Wrestling at Crave Wrestling on Twitter, and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. I got a couple interviews for you tonight, some really, really cool interviews. Uh, This week we'll be talking about the documentary coming out this weekend called 350 Days. Actually, I believe it's uh, going to be shown uh, through Fathom Events. I think it's July 12th, but just go to Fathom Events, Google Fathom Events. I believe it's Fathom Events. FathomEvents.com, F-A-T-H-O-M, FathomEvents.com, I believe. If it's not, Google it, (laughs) Fathom Events. Uh, They have a really cool documentary that's going to be aired, I believe, Thursday, uh, which will be July the 12th, and it's called 350 Days. The document, uh, 38 uh, old-school professional wrestlers, uh, a a good chunk of them are, are currently deceased, and it was some of their last interviews, one of their last interviews, if not their last interview, uh, through this documentary. 
Uh, they got some really cool producers and associate producers. Tonight I'm interviewing uh, one of the associate producers, Evan Ginsberg. He, he also was a big contributor and as far as an associate producer for The Wrestler as well. And, of course, us as wrestling fans, we saw that movie and that actually uh, actually uh, was so popular that that expanded to a WrestleMania feud uh, between Chris Jericho and some old, some legendary wrestlers. Uh, so that had a big impact on the pro wrestling field or pro wrestling scene, pro wrestling community as well. And, of course, I'm going to uh, interview uh, after Evan Ginsberg. You'll hear an interview from Lanny Poffo, uh, former WWE star, brother of the Macho Man Randy Savage, son of Angelo Poffo. Of course, he was known as the genius and leaping Lanny Poffo in WWE. So we're going to have the interview from Evan Ginsberg of, uh, discussing 350 Days, followed by Lanny Poffo discussing 350 Days and some other interesting topics and subjects. Following that, of course, we have our night. As always, we got trivia. We're going to talk about Brock Lesnar, uh, UFC future, and as far as just his WWE future, what does that look like? Kane uh, receiving some criticism, uh, some G1, uh, some small G1 talk, some some Chris Jericho talk, Extreme Rooms predictions, and uh, we're going to talk about Ready to Rumble. <laughs> ready to Rumble. Last last week we talked about No Holds Barred. This week we're going to review the Ready to Rumble movie. So to stay in the movie theme. Uh, 350 days. That'll be really interesting to see uh, this week. And we're going to stay in the movie theme at the end of the show as well, talking about Ready to Rumble. So, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the two interviews that you're going to hear before uh, we go to the headlines. It's going to be Evan Ginsberg. Very, very good interview. Very interesting things that he talks about. And uh, be sure to especially talk uh, hear how uh, Hawk Hogan came about. So, Enjoy. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Featherstone, Pancakes and Power Slam show. Of course, we are here. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to present to you tonight a wonderful, wonderful person in the film and media industry. Uh, you probably know him for being an associate producer for The Wrestler, but there's a new documentary coming out entitled 350 Days, where it documents uh, quite a few wrestlers uh, and just just the, the the life and times on the road, and uh, this person is a, a key contributor to that. He's also a contributor to ProWrestlingStories.com. I want to present to you tonight, Evan Ginsberg. How are you tonight, sir? Oh, I'm great, and I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. Uh, it's it's a pleasure to have you on, and I really like to have these interviews just the behind the scenes, and a lot of people like behind the scenes stories and. I'm I'm, inter- I'm interested to know what really spawned and, and reading just the uh, um, just the backstory behind 350 days. What caused just this whole thing to come about? I mean, I know that uh, the wrestler uh, you were very intricate in that, and the wrestler taught and Mickey work and uh, uh, basically he documented someone who was a wrestler and came back in hard times and had like a uh, a rebirth uh, in his older stages, a very interesting uh, uh, movie for many wrestling fans. What, was the wrestler instrumental in 350 Days, or were, were there just independent type of concepts uh, drawn up? 
Well, the connection is really the fact that because of my role in The Wrestler and uh, associate producers, basically, I was the wrestling guy. I brought in Necro Butcher, Ring of Honor, Mickey Rock Stunt Double, The Ring. I, I did five or six casting calls, bringing in, you know, tons of the uh, wrestlers in the movie, uh, Ron Killings, Romeo Roselli, et cetera, so on. So because of that role, uh, the the producers of 350 Days came to me and pitched me their concept, which <laughs> in the Hulkamania rock and wrestling, Cindy Lauper, Wendy Richter, heyday, yeah. mid-80s, these guys were on the road literally 350 days a year. Somebody mm -hmm. like Ric Flair. Greg Valentine told me personally he was on the road about 320 days a year. And the concept of the film is what does that sex, drugs, rock and roll lifestyle do to your body, your psyche, your yep. marriage, your children, etc., so on, as opposed to, you know, let's go in some dingy hotel and do a shoot interview where you point the camera at a guy's head and who was the booker in Chattanooga in 1972. Mm -hmm. We didn't want to do that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it appealed to me. I, I had been pitched various wrestling projects after The Wrestler, and this is the first one where I said, you know, this sounds like a great human interest story and not just a wrestling story. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I looked at the um, the uh, the pre-release, and it, you know, it was um, it was really interesting. I, I've, I've interviewed a lot of those people, and you know, it, it's just really interesting just to see how much of a drug, so to speak, the pro wrestling industry is. And just, you know, back then, I mean, nowadays, it's, <laughs> the schedule is much lighter than it was back then. It's probably uh, 250 days in WWE. Yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. exactly. And, you know, much lighter than it was. You get about 100 more days a year to spend with family and friends. I mean, it's it's still very exhausting, very tiring on your body. But just the, the wrestlers that paved the way for lighter schedules for many wrestlers nowadays, I mean, people in the indie still have to work really hard too, but they work on the weekends a lot, so they ha they have to have regular jobs throughout the day. What is your experience based on talking with uh, the, the the line of wrestlers that you've that you brought in to three fifty three hundred fifty days as far and the wrestler as well? What's your overall experience based on those personal stories? Well, <laughs> some of the wrestlers will tell you. I am always in pain, yeah. always in pain. Yep. Um, those high spots you're seeing today when you're 40, 50, 60 on that damp, rainy day, mm -hmm. you know, that arthritis kicks in. And then, you know, you wake up and, you know, you can't take your jacket off because your arthritis is so awful. And, uh, you know, people don't realize the physical toll that this business takes on you. Yep. And like you just said, the, the schedule is lighter today. But when you put in those 300, 350 day years and, uh, you know, you wake up one day and you're not a kid anymore, it is brutal. I mean, I was at the garden the other night just watching The Undertaker walk to the ring. I was kind of cringing. He doesn't walk as well as he used to. Yeah. And, uh, he, you know, he's in his 50s now. So... Um, people don't understand that these wrestlers who are great performers, great athletes, great entertainer, incredible charisma, 
they sacrificed mightily for the fans. And that's yeah. the message people are going to walk away uh, from this movie, that you know, their bodies will never be the same. Billy Graham's in the movie. Uh, he's had multiple, multiple surgeries, and he's you know, suffered terribly. And uh, you know, Stan Hansen is literally showing you the damage to his body in this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, besides, you know, wrestlers hate the word fake. They hate the word fake. They go, you know, my hip replacement was not fake. My right. three divorces were not fake. Missing my, missing my kid's graduation. Missing my kid's birth was mm-hmm. not fake. That was painful, emotionally yes. painful. And this, this is really what this movie is about, but I don't want to paint it all as grim either because they'll tell you they wined and dined with kings and queens. Right. You know, they, the, the promoters, you know, took them to Japan, to Australia. Butcher Vashan's in the movie. He wrestled in India in front of 100,000 people, yeah. exotic places. You, you, I, I know wrestlers who, who wrestled in front of oil sheiks three in the morning in, in, in the Middle East. So they've had an extraordinarily great and extraordinarily painful lives. It's extremes. You talk about ECW extreme. Well, these guys' lives were extreme. And and I think people are going to take away the good, the bad, and the ugly of it all when they see 350 Days. I agree. And And that's basically what I took away from that as well as far as just and it's just as a uh, as a wrestling fan, you know, nowadays, you know, for for many years now, I've, I've made a living being a pro wrestling journalist. But I wish I could figure out how to do that. Fine, <laughs> <laughs> man. You know, it's it's, it's 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 nowhere near the same. You know, physically as a wrestler, but it's the same type of ferocious mindset of just. Uh, you know, uh, allowing yourself as many times as possible to, you know, uh, put yourself out there sometimes for free or, or pennies on a dollar at first to just to, you know, get your, get your name out there and brand and, and become, you know, develop your brand. And I'm sure that, you know, with you as a producer, you know that, but man, you know, I, it's so funny because someone asked me on my podcast last week, um, and it was a female and she was inspiring to become, a commentator uh, in the pro and in the pro wrestling business, and the the journey that I've had and, and my colleagues, some of my colleagues have had too, makes me really have a different lens when it comes to watching 350 Days, because I understand just as an independent type of contractor, so to speak, just the labor that you have to put in to really establish your brand. And that's what I took away from three three hundred fifty days. Just everything that you have, like you really want to get to the big, the, the big leagues. And you know, Bret Hart was one of the people that were interviewed, uh, and he is one of the greatest, you know, names in WWE history. And just all the territorial work that he had to do to get that moment. You know, yeah, and you, people yeah. forget. People forget that Bret Bret Hart worked the territory. Yep. You know, he wasn't like an instant star mid eighties. Exactly. This guy paid his dues, yep. and uh, the, many of the guys in this movie worked the territories. Yep. And it's a shame today you don't have the territories. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's there's independence now that uh, the WWE recruits from, which is which is good. I guess the 
I guess the indie scene is kind of like the modern day territories, you know. And uh, but you know, the, the what what I've noticed though, Evan, is that uh, the grit. And I was born in the early '80s, and so I've you know I I, I grew up in '80 watching '80s wrestling as a kid. Um, and uh, I, one thing that I noticed from based on then and now, I've talked to a lot of people in the indies. There's a lot of heart and grit for people who are in the indies, and I applaud that. But for me, and, and 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 let me know how you feel about this too. Just the heart and soul of saying this is my life is a bit different now. Would you agree? Yeah, well, a lot of the indie wrestlers are quote unquote weekend warriors. Yep. Like you said, they have a nine to five because they can't pay the bills just on the wrestling. And Friday night, Saturday night, maybe a Sunday matinee they're working on a very rare occasion, a Thursday night. But most yep. of the shows, the, the vast majority of the shows are Saturday night. I, I don't know why wrestling promoters don't think to have the only show on a different night. Like, I grew up on Madison Square Garden. I'm a New Yorker, and uh, WWWF always ran Monday nights, and it was packed. So if you're the only game in town, uh, I don't understand why you have to have 17 indies running on right. a Saturday within <laughs> 90 miles of each other. Very true. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in comparing then and now, it's interesting. Um, J.J. Dillon is 76 years old, mm -hmm. and uh, he's a big part of this because this is a Fathom event. J.J. Dillon introduces the film. After you watch the film in the theater, I'm interviewing J.J. for a good 20 minutes on screen, and I asked him, how do you compare, you know, your era to today? And he was surprisingly positive. He said a guy like Daniel Bryan could wrestle circles around some of the guys back in the day and doing moves that they never would have dreamt of. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a middle-aged guy and I have deep, deep respect for guys like Okada and Kenny Omega and, um, you know, Daniel Bryan, <laughs> excuse me. And, um, it's, it's, you know, it's not all, Oh, it was, always better back in the day. You hear that. There's been no good music. There's been go no good movies. There's been no good wrestling since the 70s or 80s. That's nonsense. Mm -hmm. Nonsense. Yeah. In fact, it's almost the golden age of wrestling today with the streaming. You can sit in your living room and watch uh, New Japan World. Yep. Uh, Ring of Honor is on a club. You can watch great wrestling 24-7. And, you know, we didn't have that 30, 40 years ago. True. Very true. I agree with that. Uh, I agree with JJ, JJ's assessment. I mean, he's a legend in the business. Uh, you know, it, I will say, though, that I feel um, that, you know, watching, I've been watching wrestling for over 35 years now. And I think one, one thing that I've noticed is that um, the, the emphasis on characters nowadays aren't as strong as it used to be. And, and when I when I grew up, the heart and soul of wrestling was it was a real character driven business, and the best characters are ones that stand out. Now, you know, Ric Flair had the ability to have a good character and good wrestling abilities. Hulk Hogan is one is one of or the or arguably the you know greatest performer you know WWE performer not necessarily wrestler but performer of all time wasn't necessarily known for being a catch as catch can grappler. You right. know, I mean his 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 characters what stood him above the rest. 
Oh, he also had unbelievable charisma. I mean, right. you'll never mistake uh, Hulk Hogan for Luthez or exactly. Billy Robinson, exactly. but he, the charisma was off the charts. And much of what Hulk Hogan took was from Billy Graham, yep. who's one of the stars of our movie. Mm-hmm. Billy Graham, uh, in, I'll, I'll tell you the lineage. People, people are not really aware. Muhammad Ali went to a radio station. By sheer coincidence, he was on the same show as Gorgeous George. Mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali was was very quiet. He, he was Cassius Clay at the time, very quiet and soft-spoken. And um, Gorgeous George is like, kid, you got to hype it up. I'll show you how to move tickets. And Muhammad Ali was like, you know, transfixed, like the charisma that Gorgeous George had. So then you had guys like Billy Graham, who patterned themselves after Muhammad Ali, Mm -hmm. okay? And then Hogan and Ventura stole half of Billy Graham's act, okay? (laughs) So there is a lineage there, and it's an interesting lineage that people really aren't aware of. Yeah. uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that 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 you that you mentioned that because a lot of people don't know that you know and, and it it is necessary to know. Uh, I, fantastic, and I and I think I'm I'm excited about I'm excited for the fans to really watch this movie just to see that it's not as glamorous as you know people think it may be or wrestlers you know have this lighter schedule, but at the same time. There are people, as you will see in 350 days, that paved the way to allow, you know, many wrestlers nowadays to have lighter schedules and make much more money. What are your closing thoughts on just what the fans should expect from 350 days? If you love the wrestler, if you were moved by the wrestler, you will enjoy this film. Our editor, Michael Burlingame, worked with Paul McCartney and Mariah Carey, HBO, Sting, the musician. He's not a wrestling guy. He purposely cherry-picked the most powerful, moving, poignant things that he could find. And um, it's this 30... Nine, I believe, 38 or 39 legends in this film. Several are gone now. You're going to see on occasion some of the last interviews ever recorded. We have uh, Ox Baker, Don Fargo, Larry Sharp, George the Animal Steel, Jimmy Superfly Snooker. They're all gone now. Mm-hmm. Okay, the Wolfman. You know, not a lot of people are following the Wolfman, <laughs> Willie Farkas, around with, with a film crew. And there he is. I, I saw Bruno wrestle the Wolfman 1975, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it, it really is something special, and it's only one night. So please come out, fathomevents.com slash 350 days. And if you went to wrestling as a kid with your dad, your grandpa, your uncle, bring them all because, uh, you know, you'll, you'll relive that that. That's one of the things that people don't realize with wrestling. Like my dad passed when I was 20 and some of my greatest childhood memories was going to wrestling with my dad. And, you know, this is the kind of thing that this film will bring up as well. And uh, I think you'll be moved by it. I think it's, it's a, and for the hardcore fans, you know, we, we have, we have rare footage. We have, you know, dozens and dozens of rare photos and, you know, uh, there's plenty of wrestling in there, too. But you don't have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy this. You could take your 80-year-old grandma who doesn't like wrestling, and she'll, she'll enjoy it, too. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure, Evan. Appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk about 350 Days tonight. 
thank you so much for the support. And by the way, we've done dozens and dozens of interviews. Your show has the best name of any show I've been on. <laughs> nice. Seriously. <laughs> every, every show has like a, a variation on like the same title. Yours sticks out. That's good marketing. I mean that. I mean I, that. You know what? Um, I've heard that before, but every single time I hear it, I, I'm thankful for, for the next person that says it. And so, Evan, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, that was that was the intent, and I'm glad that it, that it paid off successfully. Thank you so much. We appreciate the support. We're an indie film. We don't have a billion-dollar budget, so thank you so much. Awesome. Best okay, wishes to you, Evan. Have a good night. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to further promote the 350 Days movie, I have a legendary wrestler in the business, uh, you may know him as Leaping, you may know him as the Genius, but he knows himself as Lanny Poffo. How are you tonight, sir? <laughs> awesome. So you were chosen uh, as one among, I believe, 38 wrestlers to uh, be a part of this documentary called 350 Days. Oh, overall, what's your experience from the documentary? Yeah. So, for for those who don't know, uh, on this show, Evan's interview will be proceeding uh, just from here, Uh, and so it basically basically just kind of sets the scene as far as what to expect for the future days. Just as a quick recap. It really displays the good, the bad, and the ugly, the life and times of uh, wrestlers from most of the days of territory days. Now, we don't see that nowadays much, but the schedule is much lighter. But back then, wrestlers like yourself and many others and all the others who were among uh, the documentary really paved the way uh, to create what we have now as professional wrestling. What, what do you think overall as far as just the appreciation that wrestlers today have for, for people like yourself and the people who are on the, the, the movie, the documentary, that really paved the way for the schedules that are presented now? Okay. 
aspects of missing, uh, you know, birthdays, missing anniversaries, and so forth? Well, it's never been better than them to be a part. Yeah. That's a really good point. 
a that's a really good point. Now, when, when you were in, in WCW, uh, in WWE specifically, as uh, Lethal and Powerful, and you became really popular as a genius in your in your uh, alliance with Kirk Hennig. Now, when uh, that, that was a time where both of you were feuding with Hulk Hogan. Now, were there any uh, any talks in the back at all, as far as you can recall, to actually have you or Hennig, um, you know, actually be successful in a feud with Hulk Hogan and, and winning the title? No, I never heard anything like that, but I was just glad to be here because I made 23 appearances in Maxford for a but twice I was in the main event. Mm-hmm. And both times I owned Hulk Hogan. So for the most part, to be traveling around on the main event, thanks to Hulk Hogan, you know, that gave me one case of the Silver Challenge of Yeah. I wish it would have lasted longer, but it lasted four months, and that's better than a lot of guys ever got. Yeah. I am very, very grateful to Hulk Hogan for bringing me to his level for That's awesome. Now, a lot of people would say that Kurt Hennig, uh, your ally for those uh, for a lot of that period while you were the genius, uh, he is one of you know a select few uncrowned WWE champions. Would you agree with that assessment? Yes, And why why do you think that WWE never never allowed him to or never gave gave him the opportunity to? to carry the, you know, the brass ring, as, as this man would say, and be a champ for WWE. I was never invited to any of those public meetings. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when the, when the, when the word came down, you know, I was just never left at home, and I uh, saved my money, and didn't drink or smoke or do drugs, and that's why I'm still alive, and that's why I'm not. That's awesome. And what, what advice would you give you know, current, uh, just what are general. Now, WWE schedule, you know, you have the Performance Center. The schedule is still hectic. Don't, don't get me wrong, but it's a lot lighter than, you know, in the 70s and the 80s where you, you know, claim the frame as far as becoming a household name. How, what advice would you give just current wrestlers in the business as far as how, what they need to do to achieve that main event level that you said that you were a part of? I just got lucky, probably because my brother was a muscle man, as you said. Let's just face it, you know, this is objective. I mean, this is not objective, this is subjective. In other words, it's all a matter of opinion. Who gets to the top, does not. But no matter where you go, uh, I say never give up. Always, uh, and you know, when I started wrestling in 1973, $400 a week was a good week for me. And uh, no matter what happens, I always managed to save $200 a week at least, even if I didn't eat. And it took me seven years to get my first $100,000. Now, you may think, once you do that, of course, but the thing is, that's why I'm retired now, because if your passive income is greater than your monthly expenses, you can retire. That's why I'm retired. But I'm not dead yet, and if the phone rings, I answer it, and if the price is right, I'll be there tonight. And there's a small person.
the genius, Lanny Poffo, ladies and gentlemen. Lanny Poffo, wowzers, wowzers, wowzers. Great to have both of them on there. Uh, Like I said, be on the interviews. I saw the pre-release for 350 days, and it, so far, so good. It was really, really awesome. I really enjoyed it. I've said this before many times on the show. I uh, I really really enjoy having um, you know people who just give like old school stories, and I, I just really really enjoy that. I, I really do. Um, it's really cool. Uh, it, it, it it to me it just goes to show just an extra uh, layer uh, of excitement, uh, extra layer of just story, um, and just. A lot of people, the I mean, a lot of uh, respectfully, you know, a lot of wrestlers these days, they don't have a lot of travel stories. Now we see like ride along and things like that. Um, you know, it, it was uh, it's the the big thing now is that like 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 I said that what we see on ride along nowadays uh, is is not it's not the same. Uh, it's just not the same. Um, I mean, people can argue and say that it's not uh, that it's a good thing, which I which I can I can you know I can attest to that too. I mean, I, there, there's there's um, that that makes sense uh, as far as just um, <laughs> there, there's parts that make sense as far as just what they're doing now compared to uh before um so i can, i can understand the reason why um yeah I, I i can definitely i can definitely understand the reason why uh these wwe's much more um careful when it comes to um when it when it comes to making sure that, that their pr is all together uh, again, special thank you to Evan Ginsberg. Um, 350 days. Um, be sure to go see it. Be go. Be sure to go see 350 days. Evan Ginsberg, Lanny Poffo. Thank you so much for being on the show tonight. And uh, very, very honored and, and grateful that both of you will come. So, as the chat, wrestling.com YouTube chat, as People start loading up, ladies and gentlemen. It is time to have some fun, as we always do, live and living color, getting funky like a monkey, if you will. Hello, everyone who is loading into the chat room right now. As always, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to have some fun. We got some trivia. We got some Brock Lesnar to talk about. Uh, we've got uh, we've got Kane. Uh, we, we, we're going to talk about Kane. You know, um, he's in he's in a heated political campaign right now, and his opponent, uh, she doesn't think he should be wrestling anymore. So we're going to talk about that. Should Kane be wrestling anymore? Speaking of Kane, we're also going to be talking about Extreme Rules predictions. We're on SmackDown as always, and like I said before, uh, some G1 talk. We're going to talk about Ready to Rumble, Jimmy King, ladies and gentlemen. I will rule you, uh, and we're going to have some fun with that. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring on the co-host with the most, Evan Tech Proud. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing better, man. I'm doing better. Good to be 
tell on the show. Um, do apologize for our great fans that will not be on the chat tonight. If things go well, we'll be back on the chat and talking to you, doing WD on the chat, talking to the great fans and as well as being a co-host. So I'm doing better. Well, how about you? Brother, I'm doing good, man. Uh, um, doing, doing much better myself and um, healing is uh, getting much better. Um, I still I still have a walker, but I use it outside. I don't use it in the house anymore. So, you know, like I always tell people, progress is progress, man. So um, that's that. Uh, say, uh, hello, everyone. You're, you're, Go ahead. Yours truly, I will be uh, at the premiere, the New York premiere, for 350 days. I uh, will be there with my good friends, Evan Ginsburg, Dan, Darren Antola, Lamy Poffo, J.J. Dillon, Greg Valentine. So I will be at the New York, uh, the premiere this Thursday in New York City. You know, they're having another big premiere in L.A. So um, I definitely will be representing uh, other than that. Ready on the course, pancakes and power swings as always. So I'll be sure to be yeah. here. Give you guys next week, you know, the fans next week, I'll give a actual live notes. But I know you saw this one. I'll be talking to you while I'm there in New York. Definitely can't wait. Um, Indeed. You know, for this has been five five years in the making. I remember when I talked to them five years ago when it was uh, when it was an idea, and now uh, everything is coming to fruition. So definitely can't wait. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, again, I thank Evan for being on the show tonight. Uh, Evan Ginsberg uh, for for the interview, awesome interview, interesting tidbits on Hulk Hogan, of course, uh, leaping Lanny Poffo, aka the genius. Who, uh, you know, it's funny because he, he he talks just like I mean, he talks in real life at sixty four years old. I think he said, still talks real life. You know, that's 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 how he talks. And some sometimes people can turn on the on on and off switch as far as their gimmicks. It's funny that the Poffo family speak like they they cut their promos. Lanny talks like that, and uh, of course we know Randy Savage. It doesn't matter where you are, brother. I talk the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he sees the real. He was a real deal, man. Randy Savage would talk like that uh, on or off the camera. So you got what you saw. Uh, GHP is asking how That's am true. I and Evan? Uh, we're doing well, man. Uh, thank you so much doing as always fun. for joining the show. Thank you, GHP. And uh, absolutely, it is time for trivia. What WWE Hall of Famer was known as the Big Cat? WWE Hall of <laughs> Famer was known as the Big Cat, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so let's get right into it. We got a full show tonight, as always. So uh, we'll get Ooh, one of these. Yeah. yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Headlines of go. All right, got GHP. We got Wild Boy. We got Kicks. Ernie Ladd. Ernie Ladd, good job, good job. The big cat, Ernie Ladd. Next one. What was EC3's name during his former WWE run? What was EC3's name during his former WWE run? Uh, All right. 
All right, so let's talk about uh, Brock Lesnar. So he decided July the 3rd, he uh, put Lee. Good job, man. Good job. Derek Bateman. Derek Bateman. Great job. Uh, Brock Lesnar decided to put himself back in the OSADA drug testing pool. Um, he was uh, he was pinned he was he was uh, pinged he was hit uh, with some violations during his match with Mark Hunt, which made it a no contest. Uh, Mark Hunt uh, always uh, he always was skeptical about uh, how clean Lesnar was. Uh, Les, uh, Mark Hunt said in many interviews that he, that he believed that he was uh, violating the drug policy, and he was. So they took that one away from Brock Lesnar, I believe made it a no contest. Uh, I believe took the purse or part of the purse away from uh, Lesnar, the winner's purse. There was a fine. He was suspended for a year. So um, he had to go, but he had to enter the pool six months before they allowed him to return. So um, there was some, there was some uh, uh, talks that he was going to enter in June to catch the December UFC, but he entered in July third on July third. To uh, so now he's eligible to compete after on or after July uh, January the eighth two thousand nineteen. So at, at UFC two twenty six, uh, he had a front seat. Daniel Cormier won um, um, the uh, t- title against uh, Stipe Miocic. Miocic um and he called out Lesnar. Lesnar came into the octagon and they bo- it shoved uh Cormier and um yeah, so they start cutting promos and uh basically called him out and looks like we're going to have Lesnar versus Daniel Cormier. Now Cormier um you know, he he got pounced by John Jones. So um <laughs> And, and then John Jones got hit, and then they gave the title back to Cormier. So, um, you know, there's there's some people who are who believe that uh, you know Lesnar's too big and too powerful for Cormier. Uh, there's others who feel that Cormier has he's too legitimate of a fighter uh, to uh, to lose against Lesnar. We'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm interested to see how this goes. I would have much preferred John Jones, to be honest with you. Um, you know, so I, but I don't know. I, I'm not too, I still think, um, I still think Cormier has an edge, uh, but I don't think, I think that John Jones had more, he, he was, he had that ferocity a little bit more. You know, he was willing to gain the weight, um, to go from a light heavyweight. And so, and now into a heavyweight, uh, Cormier's done it, and um, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, it, it just goes to show, um, <laughs> Lesnar's in WWE. Wow, I haven't seen him in years. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, you know, and and it's it, Brock Lesnar needs to drop the title ASAP at this point. Dolph Ziggler has the title, oh, <laughs> not Lesnar. Yeah, you know, it's so funny because I was thinking about that. The Intercontinental Championship is like the Raw Championship now, and what. What makes it even worse to me, and I guess turning on the on switch, 
with my Lesnar tirade. He's, you know, he's making his money. He's a good businessman when it comes to making money. I will say that. But at the same time, I think a lot of these wrestlers, UFC stars, things like that, they understand that if it wasn't for the fans, if it wasn't for attendance, if it wasn't for the fans, you know, people wouldn't make the living that they that they do in combat sports and in, in UFC and WWE. And you know, it just Lesnar's really had a history of just being just nonchalant, just not really caring. He's even, uh, I think he was, I believe it was a year or two, maybe three years ago, he was on the Jer- he was on the Jericho podcast, and Jericho was just really trying to trying to push him and, and and just really kind of lean in and to ask him, you know, some tough questions about just his mindset of being a WWE competitor. And Lesnar was saying, you know, he, you know, he clocks in and clocks out. That's, that's his mindset when it comes to WWE. And, you know, that, that could really tick off a lot of fans, rightfully so. I mean, people want to cheer or boo people who are really, who they who they understand that they really are really into the sport. I mean, as we you know, we're talking about three hundred and fifty days, people, you know, pro wrestlers back, you know, thirty years ago, they would make pennies on a dollar just to please just to blade and, and have a as uh Gordon Sully would say, a crimson mask. Uh, you know, it's they would do that for pennies on a dollar just to uh, just to please the fans and just to get heat, just to be cheered. But if you got someone who's just coming in and, and saying that he's admittedly saying that he's clocking in and clocking out, I mean, who wants to really side with, with that? You know, and, and it's just, it's really tough, you know, for me, you know, as far as, um, as far as Lesnar, Staying with WWE, I wish that they wouldn't have they they would have dropped the the Universal Championship because obviously now his deal like his his focus is um uh, his focus is UFC and you know kind of you know spitting on WWE as far as just really caring about him. It seems like he's just going through the motions. It seems like it seemed like that for a while, actually. And from what I've heard, you know, it was, Reigns was supposed to win the title from Lesnar and Mania. They they Vince McMahon switched it again, just like he did with uh, Thirty One with Seth Rollins. And so, you know, it's it's just it's sad to me. And the Universal Championship. Um, uh, why do you think they are letting Lesnar hang on to the title when he could have dropped it many times? I think what they see, I think what I think, and this is this is my opinion. I think that Vince McMahon really wants Roman Reigns, and 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 don't get me wrong, I, and I am a Roman Reigns guy without a doubt. I think that Vince McMahon wants to build up Roman Reigns as that baby face as that strong baby face to the point of dethroning Lesnar and having that big pop and having that big moment where Lesnar finally puts on and puts over an up and comer because he hasn't lost. He hasn't been pinned by any up and comer. 
I mean, he's been there six years now. He's been there over six years, and the only people who he's lost to was John Cena uh, in an Extreme Rules match, um, uh, Triple H, uh, The Undertaker, and uh, was Seth Rollins via pinning Roman Reigns. So there's been no up and comer, no new, you know, new generation, current full-time WWE star that has pinned Brock Lesnar in six years. So, I mean, it's like something has to give here. And I think that Vince McMahon really wants Roman Reigns to be that guy, but it just seems like there's some issues going on with, with um, uh, Goldberg. Yeah, Goldberg beat him too. Yeah, 90 seconds. But there's been no full-time current WWE star that has pinned Brock Lesnar in six years. And that's, that's you know, I agree. A chat he says that's really sad. I, I totally agree. And just talking about putting people over, come on now. I mean, now's the time to put people over. And people crap on Roman Reigns, you know, but he, he puts in his dues. He, he, goes and he goes out there and delivers solid matches every time. He's working on his promos. And it's like, it just makes no sense to me. They crapped all over the main event match. I was there uh, live at WrestleMania. Evan was too. And it just it, it's ridiculous. I think what they want to do is they want to give Roman Reigns that spot, but they want Roman Reigns to be a legitimate babyface. I think he needs a heel run first before he becomes a babyface, just like The Rock. I think people are want. I think people want to like Roman Reigns, but uh, however, I don't think that WWE's allowing fans. I, I like Roman Reigns, but I, I don't think that the fans are properly booking Roman Reigns good enough to to do that. Now, this is what I would do. I would have Lashley. We probably will only have one more match with Brock Lesnar. And I've said this before. I want I want Lashley versus Lesnar at SummerSlam. I, I that's that's what I want, and this is what I would do. I would have um, Lashley uh, beat Brock Lesnar and win the World Championship. You know, first black champ WWE champ. Well, he won't be the first black WWE champion. Why does that keep eluding us? Because <laughs> he'll be. He'll be the universal champion. Uh, he'll be the universal champion. And this is what I would do. I would have uh, Paul Heyman. Um, I, I would have Roman Reigns come out, beat the crap out of uh, Bobby Lashley, Paul Heyman on the ramp, and, and Roman and walk down. Paul Heyman raises Roman Reigns' hand, and Roman Reigns is with Paul Heyman as a heel, and it, it, it's a foolproof way to make uh, Roman Reigns a babyface again. And and I think great. that and I and I and I think with 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 you know people crap on Roman Reigns's promos, but you have Heyman who's cutting Reigns's promos, so nothing so 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 that that you know that that excuse is out the door. Of course, you can't crap on his entering work because he's he's really good. So now you he's have this ring, huge right. heat magnet with Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns. It makes Lashley look like an angel because because he's the one who got attacked. Have Lashley feud against Roman Reigns for a few months. 
And then, you know, toward, I would give it six, nine months, maybe even a year, and then, you know, turn Roman Reigns babyface. At that, at that time, the fans will love Roman Reigns because he's gotten so much heat, and now he decides to go on the good side, and, and people would like him at that point in time. So that, that's my creative as far as where Roman Reigns should go. Yeah, like I said, I like uh, everything you said. I actually agree with. Just, uh, you said with Brock is. Uh, I know we have the other headline coming up about um, Bishop stuff on Brock Lesnar. It's, it's time. I, I've defended Brock time and time again. I was more of a Brock fan. He was baby Brock back in old two, old three, old four. But I get, I get why Brock is being used the way he is. But also too. It gets to a point now, okay, we get it. The IC title yep. is the main title. And shout out to Violence, who's been great, to Dolph Ziggler, all of those. At the same time, where's your champion? So if we're not going to see him every week, which is okay, do this satellite, something. Paul Haley do a yeah. promo. If we don't need, still need to see him every week, at least once or twice a month, you know, once a month, do some kind of promo. I mean, if he if he stays at home, you don't really gotta pay him. You pay him a little bit to be on Raw, what have you there, satellite. But to get to a point, like you said, we're on the range from the idea of what you said. Brock's been there. We've been through it enough with Brock. Had Brock leaves, he can go to UFC. As I said, wasn't nobody really missing, but you know, get to everybody says, oh, really? You you don't need a champion on every week. I mean, we had that for the past few years. Right. The ratings didn't really help. The Raiders just said the role was horrible. Look at AJ Styles. <laughs> yeah, look at AJ Styles. You, 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 you got one champion, which we forget. If you have role, which you forget. It is, it is even a world champ, championship. It's the IC title. Right. And then you had the other other brand where the champion is there, and we forget he's the champion. So, yeah, and, absolutely. And there's nothing against AJ. I'm good friends with AJ. Great guy. It's not his fault. It's just you got one champion that's there every week. You forget he's the champ. And then overall, he's the champion, which we don't forget. We don't ever think about because we don't see him. So it's like the opposite. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, you know, I, I I love AJ Styles. He is uh, one of the greatest wrestlers on this on this earth. But uh, um, man, WWE is doing such a Terrible, terrible uh, job with that. Uh, you want to create massive heat and help some guys? New Dangerous Lions, Roman Mojo revival. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I like I like the revival. Um, I don't, you know, I just something that's disconnecting um, about them on the main roster. Mojo is just blah to me. So. Uh, use the hashtag AskKrisk, A-S-K-C-H-R-I-S, if you have any questions, and it looks like we do. Do you think James Storm will ever sign with WWE? Yes, I do. I said, yes, I do. Uh, he said in an interview recently that there were some personal issues that only made him have, you know, just a hiccup in NXT. Um, <clears throat> that, and of course, you know, TNA was offering more money, so, uh, but... I definitely think that um, he'll. I think that WWE have interest in <clears throat> be interested in bringing him back. I think we need beer and money back, honestly. Um, Bobby, I like 
I like Bobby Roode. Um, but I like Bobby Roode, and I've said this before. If you want to make him heel, take away the glorious thing because you don't want him to get cheered. You want him to get heat. Um, so take away the glorious thing. Take away any way, any reason that you know fans would would cheer him. Bring back Fear Money as the heel tag team. Um, I don't, you know, I wouldn't even mind if they were a babyface tag team on Raw because Raw. Uh, they are really devoid of babyface tag teams right now. Um, they have the deleter of worlds, but as far as your heel tag teams, you have the revival, you have the B team, you have AOP, and you have McIntyre and Ziggler. So they need they they are very devoid of babyface um, tag teams right now. So. Uh, yeah. Any more, any more questions? Uh, ask Chris, hashtag ask Chris. Uh, all right. So let's go to, um, the next one, Eric Bischoff. So, so Eric Bischoff, he doesn't get the Brock Lesnar universal championship reign. He said that it was an afterthought. Um, you know, it just, I agree. I mean, and, and like I said, the, the Universal Championship is only two years old. It's not even two years old. I think January, I think July 25th, so it's two weeks shy of two years old. And, you know, it's one of those things that you're trying to – you want to bring some um, prestige as much as possible to this new championship, and you have someone who's had it for nearly 500 days, and – you know, and he, he sure as heck hasn't put any prestige on it. So he's done such a poor job. I mean, just such a poor, poor job, um, you know, really making any type of, um, you know, making any type of uh, prestige to the championship. So uh, that's unfortunate. Another Ask Chris question. Will we see Kenny Omega and Cody back in WWE? Um, yes, I agree. Uh, yes, I, I do think so. <laughs> um, I think we'll see, I think we'll see Omega before we see Cody. It looks like, it looks like WWE is really big on trying to get Omega in right now. Um, and I don't think that, um, I don't think WWE is really interested in, in, uh, in, you know, bringing Cody back as of now, so. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. A uh, couple more questions here. What are your oh, Taylor? What are your thoughts on the Taylor Hendricks Jay Lethal scandal as of now? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, um. Well, here's the thing. This is this is what I'll say. Um. Uh, based on what I saw, um, you know, Taylor Hendricks sent some screenshots, and this is based on what I saw. This is this is merely my opinion, and this isn't to, uh, you know, slander or, or talk ill of either one of them. Um, Jay Lethal sent a sta- sta- statement that you know it's not in his character. He he. He represents himself with honor. Taylor Hendrick Taylor Hendrick sent some screenshots of Jay Lethal asking her what she's doing. 
respectfully, those I'm just going to say this: the screenshots that Taylor Hendricks sent and publicized were total were not at all incriminating. I mean, so yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Um, based on what I saw, and and again, this is what I saw. We don't know nothing. There's nothing. There's no charges have been filed. There hasn't been any type of major legal anything right now. But based on what I saw, the text message that she sent, publicized, were not at all incriminating. Uh, so that's how I feel about that. So we'll see. Um all right, we'll get back to the questions in a bit. Next, we'll have uh, so okay, so I'll I'll be uh, still uh, hashtag X Chris, but let's let's mm-hmm. talk about Kane real quick. Uh, and what do you think about Jay Lethal uh, real quick, uh, Evan? Um, I'm I'm showing this up real quick. We can go five on this. You and I both is talking to Jay on their off air. Jay Lethal, that is the guy. I mean, we've ate dinner with him before. I mean, he, he always carries himself wonderful, wonderful dude. It's amazing how now it's becoming a storyline, using the Russell term for real life. In real life, it's a storyline now. You have these women which decide to take the opportune time to decide that the me team moves. Oh, I got raped. Or I got sexually harassed. So it's truly amazing how all of a sudden now you coming out how Jay Lethal treated you wrong. He wins the world title. So a lot of stuff is all about timing. If you look at it, it's just you know Jay Lethal wins the title. All of a sudden now he's sexual harassed. Come on now, stay late. Try to get more of friend, and then they try to win the world. It's like, come on, is this, like Izzo even said, you went to Vault 25, you went to the actual day to come out and say, I did this, which the case got thrown out, which the lady already had a history of lying on cases. This lady, whoever she is, she's mad she's not getting booked, oh, Jay Lethal's world, world champion. Now the hit stock goes up, let me try to get my name back on the say he was sexual harassment. Come on, come on. Yeah. It's just... It's yeah. getting ridiculous. It's, it's not only about Paul Russell. We said if we follow the news, seeing what actors. We, and granted, I'm not for any kind of sexual harassment or even any sexual assault, any kind of sexual harassment, any kind of molestation or, or rape. I mean, we, we don't condone that here at the show. Me and myself personally, I don't even do it. I even had That's a right. place where I almost said I got molested as a kid. So. Not for that, and there are people that are sick. But for these women that's out here that's abusing us, just to try to get fifteen minutes of pain and try to get a quick buck, it's hard. Amen. I totally agree. Yeah, sexual harassment is uh, totally one hundred percent wrong. Period. Um, as someone who's about to become a doctor in forensic psychology, if someone presented to me that evidence and said and wanted me to testify in court for them, I would not do that because um, that that evidence is not incriminating to me. So I'm just saying this from a 
soon to be doctor in forensic psychology, looking at plenty of cases. I'm, I'm working on my dissertation. I'm, I'm, I'm at the last point of, of study to become a doctor. So I've had, and I'm a 3.85 student and, and three years of case after case, after case, after case. And based on what I've learned and based on what I've known as someone who's about to become a doctor, uh, that is, um, the evidence is just not strong enough for me, for me. So again, there's, I'm sure there's, if Taylor feels violated, my prayers, uh, thank you. <clears throat> appreciate that. Uh, congratulations on becoming close to become a doctor. Appreciate that. Um, if Taylor feels violated, she has a right to feel violated. And, and, and my prayers are with, um, the, I'm, I'm praying that Taylor finds peace in this. Um, I, I pray that I'm praying that Taylor uh, does not feel violated and, and she has a good uh, support base to help her through this moment. Um, but to, to burn someone based on, um, you know, those, those text messages, um, you know, that to me is, is, is a little, is, is, is you know, it's a little amateurish, you know? Um, so we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, uh, there was some, oh, someone asked, uh, uh, someone asked Chris, uh, hashtag ask Chris, if Piper was still alive, would he have been a better tag partner for Ronda at WrestleMania? Uh, the answer is no, um, because he would have been in the sixties and the last time we saw Piper in the ring, it wasn't very, um, very pleasant. So, um, Piper's is the man Piper's one of the best WWE names of all time. Um, but I, I personally, if Piper was still alive at his age and his physical condition, I wouldn't have wanted to see him at all uh, against, uh, Rousey. Now what I would have done, um, now, now what I would have done is I would have had Colt maybe be, at ringside, his son Colt. I've interviewed him on. I've interviewed him on the show. I would have had like Colt Toombs because he he does MMA. I would have had him uh, team with either team with Rousey or you know be at the uh, at the ringside with someone like Kurt Angle. So I would have I would have yeah Kurt Angle. I, I'm I'm a big fan of Kurt Angle, um, but. And, and he did good. I mean, he did good at WrestleMania, but just it, that that pairing just didn't make sense to me. It just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, hashtag asks Chris, what do you think of the real reason is behind the main roster continuing to bury the NXT call-ups? Hmm. Lexi, you always ask the great questions. Um, I think it's I, I think is this. I think that Triple H want to um I think Kurt, I think I think Triple H wants to ascend the NXT roster. He wants to give people that uh, ability to make it to the main roster because typically that means higher pay as well. Um but WWE is so just kind of oversaturated with 
talent now that they just don't know what to do with people. I mean, look at, I mean, there's so many people, look at the Ascension, you know, they appeared at that brawl last week. I mean, last night uh, or Monday night, um, you had uh, Elias being not booked for two weeks. Crawford's a pain going back to main event this week. They were, they were, they had two weeks old raw, <laughs> and they went back to main right. event. You know, so so it's like uh, Bobby Roode. You know, uh, it's just so it's just the, the booking of of WWE. There's there's so many people that it's just you know to me it has to be a roster split. It, it, but even with it, the roster it, split, there's still too many people. There are so many people. Excuse me, to the noises going on. So um. They have so many people, but there's so many people that are in purgatory. Like, they, they just don't yeah. know what to do. The NXT call-ups, is, and that's the thing. I, I was just saying to someone earlier um, last week, you have NXT, which is anybody that follows me, so like I do, you have AAA, and then you have the major. Mm-hmm. So NXT is AAA, which is great. And so the good thing about NXT is Triple H is running it. This has nothing to do with it. And you can wrestle more. It's more about wrestling. Of course, you want to go to the mm-hmm. main roster because, of course, there's more exposure. You make more money. But then the focus isn't so much more wrestling. Now you have to adjust to the political stuff and the politics and working in the main roster. Now like you said, there's so many call-ups, the ascension and the revival like there. There's so much downloadable content. It's like you're in the main event, then you disappear for two weeks, then you come back, and then you show up randomly backstage. And it's like, and all these people, but they have no purpose. Mm-hmm. It's a better of revival when they're yeah, And to me, I'm sorry. It's not always about shot. I still call it to the day. The raw, raw is the land of the giants. The revival looks like small kids. They look like middle school kids in raw. There's nothing against the revival because yeah. NXT they were wonderful. They should have went to SmackDown. It is just, it is just sad if you're not over six three, two forty, go to SmackDown because when you're involved with the Strongs and the Reigns, and not that Rollins is really the biggest guy, but Rollins is an exception. You know, Ambrose you totally forgot yep. him, but he's an exception. You know, Ziggler yep. is an exception because he's been there forever. So he can get away. It's just, I just say it. Like, there's so many people that are just by the wayside and just trying to find their way. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Um, I think Russ said something about um, uh, Booker T uh, wanting to come back out of retirement. Yeah, I, I actually wrote that article. Um, and, yeah, so – Interesting. If someone someone has a question about that, the hashtag ask Chris uh, about uh, your thoughts on that. Um, the Big Gold Belt, aka the the World Heavyweight Championship, needs to return to Raw. Speaking of the Big Gold Belt, check this out. See that? Boom! Big Gold Belt right there. Or, or, or as or as Ric Flair would say, the real World Championship. <laughs> Uh, man, that was such a good uh, heel run. W, um, Flair's uh, 91, 92 uh, run was, was uh, the real world's champion. Um, all right, so should Kane retire or no? Period, point blank. That's the question. Should Kane retire or not? Um, 
there was some political just kind of much slinging uh with um with uh, not necessarily him but with with his opponent um uh oh goodness I forgot her name Linda something I don't remember exactly what her name is um she was talking about how she doesn't feel that she doesn't feel that he should compete as a wrestler um because he should, you know, focus on his politician and he didn't she didn't know that he still, you know, would still do something like that. And here's my thing. I okay, so I feel that Kane should retire. I do. But at the same time, if he wants to go I mean, I don't think his retirement should have anything to do um with his political campaign. Because during political campaigns, unless you get paid by, you know, the campaign and, and all the money that comes in, um, if a lot of money comes in, uh, you still got to keep your day-to-day job. So, uh, you know, Kane as a mayor, uh, as a uh, as a, a mayor uh, candidate, you know, he still has to keep his job. What he's just going to not work is his job as a professional wrestler. So it doesn't make sense for you to say, well, I think you should quit that. Well, are you going to pay for my bills <laughs> and my family? That just doesn't that make sense at all. I so, yeah. It's like, come on now. Like, yeah. who is this lady? Exactly. Who are you? Exactly. We have one right. job. I mean, if, if you had the right. luxury, of, you're about to be mayor. But, yeah, I can still make, and I know he's salary. Come on, man. Any of us would still do it. If we was about to be mayor or governor or state senate or what have you, if we was in WWE or we still had ties into our former career, can show up whenever we wanted to and still make an extra check. Why not? Think Kane should retire. Yeah. They, the, the, the unfortunate thing, the difference between Kane and Big Show is Kane's name is still relevant. Kane can still go. And I see Big Show can't, but it's like Big Show decided to announce online, I'm retiring. It's okay, Big Show, good career, you know. Good riddance. Kane, the name still resonates, still has some kind of stuff to it. Why not? He wears the mask, yeah. he doesn't wear the mask. It's just like a more man. Why not? He can wrestle for a couple of weeks and be mayor. He could always show up and download on a Raw SmackDown. He's up there with Cena now. And Taker, he has no brand, he just shows it wherever he wants. Yep. So I agree. I don't see anything wrong with it. Look cool, what we're yep. talking about. Yep. I totally agree. All right. All right. So, um, so Gary Michael Capetta, <laughs> the world's most dangerous announcer. I've had him I on the show before. Him. Really cool dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I GMC. Was... Yeah. Go ahead, Evan. I, I was going to say real quick. I, good, good friend with GMC. Uh, just was at uh, this past Friday. He was here live for his um, uh, for his one man show. I've been there before. Great stuff. Any anybody mm-hmm. listening, get a chance, please go. If you went last year, it's a totally different show of this year. Great guy. But it's funny because he mentioned some stuff at the one man show about pro wrestling. So when I saw the article uh, you sent me earlier about what he said about Omega and Cody, I started laughing because I was like, ah, that sounds like GMC. I love the dude, but yeah, yeah. everybody has their own opinions <laughs> on how the business is supposed to be ran. Yeah, um, and I, I, you know, 
And I agree with them, man. You know, I, I really do. Yeah, appraiser Jim Ross and his bo- broken ribs. Yeah, um, I've I've seen three hours. It, it, you know, uh, G run G run special was a a little over four and a half hours. Uh, I, I've watched three hours on it. Uh, if you don't, you know, I, I I have a subscription to New Japan World, so I watched bits and pieces of it. Um, I watched three hours of it today, and um, still got an hour and a half left. I did watch the clip of uh, uh, Jay White doing the the move on Juice Robinson. That was funny because I was actually my cutoff point so far is the beginning of the Juice Robinson Jay White match when they're doing the entrances. So, uh, but I did see the clip of uh, Jay White doing the spot. Uh, the spot, Jim Ross said the spot was unplanned. There, he was not a part of it at all. That's the reason why Josh Barnett got so upset. And that was, you know, as far as I know, it was a shoot. Um, he, he got upset and he went into the ring and and was ready to fight Jay White. So, uh, yeah, that, that became a shoot real quick. So, um but yeah, I agree, man. Just you know, people put their people put their bodies on. I did see the. I haven't seen the main event yet, but I did see the clip of. I wrote the article and I saw the clip of um, Kenny Omega doing that release power bomb to the outside on Cody, and hitting, you know, hitting the table and trying to land on the table and just hitting the floor, big thud, a big thud, and just man, you just gotta be careful with that stuff. I mean, it's just at the end of the day, you look at it and you're like. Is that spot needed to really tell the story of the match to really add to the match? And I don't, I don't think so. You know, just people just got to be really careful about that. I mean, a a lot of today's wrestling have become so inundated with, you know, I just have to have the biggest spot, the next spot, the best spot in order to, you know, make fans be, be happy. And, and that's that's terrible. That's that's a terrible way to think about professional wrestling because you'll injure yourself and take years and years out of your career, you know, and it, it'll be to the point of like, you know, Mick Foley has said plenty of times as far as like some things that he regrets doing, you know, that, for, that forced him to retire. And, uh, you know, Vince, you know, the, the CTEs, I did a big paper on CTEs years ago about uh, Chris Benoit and CTE, and I, I read I read a lot of stuff and listened and looked at uh, Concussion, the movie, and it's like, man, you know, that really just opened my eyes as far as just these wrestlers are really similar to these football players. I mean, just the CTE and just the concussions and just the. Uh, the, the the effects, the psychological effects that comes with all those bumps and those spots. I mean, it, yeah. it's tough, man. And I feel for I feel for those wrestlers. And then just having those, you know, just I, I'm I'm okay about spots as long as they're safe. But if you're just throwing someone outside with nothing to give, I mean, that's to me that's careless. I mean, and Kenny Omega's. Uh, a fantastic performer can 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 run circles around many people in the ring, but just I mean, today's wrestling just have to be just have to be very very careful with those careless spots because that can really make or break someone's career. Yeah, I've um I don't know if I said this publicly, but um I've been on it to um 
just last year I was in Boston uh, for CTE, for the congressional, um, the concussion, um, you know, I'm talking about further stuff, I forgot the name of the, uh, the uh, concussion, concussion legacy gala. I was with uh, Triple H and um, Oscar from Men on a Mission and uh, Mike Adam Lee and Bob Costas. And, and just to meet and talk to you athletes, Mike Adam Lee, he deals with CTE, uh, people from the New England Patriots, NFL stars, uh, even youngsters that some of you guys we would never have known unless you were there, that deals with post concussive syndrome, Christopher Lewinsky. It's very serious, very serious. And, we hear about it so much, but I know for myself, with being there and talking to some of these people, and even talking to Mike Adam Lee and him telling me about the struggles and the memory loss and just the different things that um, these athletes go through. Uh, you know, it's a couple of the, it's just a young lady, she got the award. She had to be about 16, 17 years old, Caucasian lady, cute girl. She does with CTE, and and talking to her and her parents, it just like wow. If you watch the movie Concussion, um, that Will Smith was in a great movie. It's, great movie. It's very serious. Great. Yeah, great movie. Yes. So it's just we we hear about it, we read it. I know for myself, I, I did research on it before, but it's nothing like it when you, for myself personally, going there and being able to talk to these athletes that we've all seen on TV. Some people that some of them that are lesser known that deals with this and to really know mm-hmm. what we've been through and what we still struggle with. It's, it's serious, man. It, it definitely is. And yep. spots like that is, is not needed. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with Omega. You know, we talk off air hand there. I'm one of the very few people you can look my show up that interviewed Omega. My show, Jericho, mm-hmm. and I think one other show, the only three shows that's interviewed Omega. Uh, Omega is great. Uh, same way with Cody. Uh, Cody is, is is beyond great. But regardless, spots like that, I haven't seen the clip. Hopefully, you can send it to me, Featherstone. But spots like that is uncalled for. It is not yep. needed. And and absolutely. Lord forbid. I agree. You know, Lord forbid. We and we go to indie shows all the time. We see some crazy spots. We're like, man, this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. There was some spot on Facebook I was that someone told me uh <laughs> someone's asking where the trivia questions. Uh they're coming. We're having a pretty intense conversation. I think I think Rob you missed a couple uh that I asked before. Uh got another real quick. What's your opinion on the decline of quality of booking and storylines for the main roster and WV over time? And when do you think it started, if at all? Okay, good question. We'll get right back to that. Uh, my final thought here on the um, the CTE and the, the, the spot stuff. We've got a comment here talking about Sasha and Big E got to chill with the outside dives. Totally agree with that. Um, and I did see the Moonwalk DDT go viral. That's another uh, comment here on the chat. Um, but there was some spot. I think GMC posted this too, but I, I, I saw this. I saw this before GMC posted it. Um, there was some spot that there was a bar. There was a big pillar, and yeah. then someone did like a, a, a gorilla press and just threw the guy outside Into and hit right. the and hit the pole. I'm what right. the heck? Like what? Uh, what? What the heck? I don't understand <laughs> that, man. We were 
Tucker off air. Like, what in the world is yes. what is going on? I, I, I have no idea. Like, why would you? Why would you be so selfish and sacrifice someone else's body for you to get a pop? That, that to me, that ticks me off as far as as far as a wrestler is concerned. You have no training. You have no care for someone else's body and livelihood. Someone can be paralyzed over a spot like that, and that's ridiculous. I mean, it, I don't know if I don't know if it's on Facebook or Twitter, but I, some I, someone sent it to me. And it was literally it was all over. an indie show, it's and someone got—it it just they threw Gorilla Press threw the body outside and hit smack dab on the pole. I just—I that—that's—I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't—I don't get it. To, to anybody that may not understand it, listeners, if you remember that WCW Thunder game, I know it was bad. It was fun. It had the best diamond cutter in any game, though. Remember the gorilla press that used to do? Everybody did a gorilla press, even Savage. He used to just throw you off side of the ring. That's exactly the gorilla press we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's it, it, it was like a lot, a lot of the. And, and I know your boy Cornette, and I know Cornette talks on it. A, a lot of. And not to say you hit. You hear a lot from a lot of legends in the old times. Is wrestling now? Is you're working too hard? You're shooting. Yep. You, you're working too hard. You're punching each other in the face. Is you know? I still curse people. All wrestling's fake. Is like no. My like Bobby Heenan said, "You called it fake. You never said it was real." Is is <laughs> what they go? Ham and Egger. What they go? <laughs> right. What they, what they go through in the ring is very very. Physical, it's not an actual shoot site, but at the same time, your stuff got to connect. But at the Absolutely. same time, you're trying to kill these people. You're trying to kill. Yeah. It's like, yeah. God, it, what, what is the purpose? What's the psychology? And it wasn't even the end of the match. Yeah. I bet you the match went on for yeah. 10 minutes. And it just shows to me, that? really, it just, it just shows to me that wrestlers like that have no idea about the essence of pro wrestling. It's about character building. It's about storylines. It's about allowing their in-ring work um, to, to to really be a climax of something that's already been building. I should be sucked in about the match, about this angle, way before we've reached the ring. And I say this, I say this all the time. Unfortunately, People think nowadays that everything should happen in the ring and just ridiculous. Wrestlers like that shouldn't be wrestlers in the first place. This is what you get. Multi-apples. You get a clap from me, uh, and I agree with that. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put you over. You get the clap from me. Let's let's tackle some of these Ask Chris questions real quick. Before we get to um, Chris Jericho with TNA going head-to-head, uh, Roman and Lashley will have a great match at Extreme Rules, I think. A great way to end the match will be Brock coming out and hitting both with an F5 um, question mark, and there's your SummerSlam main event. A triple threat? 
That wouldn't be bad. I, I don't have an issue with that. Um, I do want to see Le- Lesnar Lashley single. That would be my preference. But if that happened and it becomes a triple threat, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, do you think Brock Lesnar? Do you think Brock has lost any respect in the locker room since he's an absent champion? That's a good question. I know people. I, I can get some sources from the locker room, and I can find that out for you, Wild Boy. Actually, that's a good. Remind me of that. Follow at follow at Chris. Um, Prolific and remind me of that and see uh, what I do. I never asked you, never answered your last question. Uh, I, I answered the one about the Moonwalk DDT. Um, and then someone's saying about trivia question. You got to ask the question again. Uh, how did Chavo Guerrero, who did Chavo Guerrero defeat to win the ECW title? Who did Chavo Guerrero defeat? Look at that. Before I know that, that's not true, though. Kane beats Chavo. Kane is not the correct answer. Matt Hardy isn't the correct answer either, actually. Um, All right, so Chris Jericho, as you guys are answering that, um, so far, none of the answers are correct so far. Uh, I just, I was just redundant there. Uh, Chris Jericho basically told, Vince Man said, "Look at I keep, people keep saying Matt Hardy or Mark Henry. None of those are correct." Um, uh, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho said that uh, Mark that, that Chris Jericho said that uh, TNA going head to head. They were he was he was talking with Dave Meltzer. Pretty good interview. And they were talking about that, and um, basically he said that Vince Man told. Basically said that uh, you know TNA at this point remove Vince out of good job Mike good job now we got a correct answer CM Punk he beat CM Punk for the ECW championship and then Kane beat him at WrestleMania um so basically Vince McMahon said remove me away from it and just look at the big you know big picture um WWE is so big right now that you know any company they can't get to the point of trying to compete with them and Meltzer and Jericho were, were talking they were saying basically one of the biggest things and I, and I did a, an article about this and I was talking about the, the head-to-head that they had which was a terrible idea from the very from the very uh, jump okay so let me do that what's your opinion on why the decline of quality of booking and storylines for the main roster over time, or what do you think it started? Okay, I'll answer that real quick. Um, so, the kind of quality of booking and storylines for the main roster is because there's so many people that they don't know how to work with them. You have to work on people's strengths, and you have a three-hour show that's boring as crap, you know, so many weeks. I, 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 I admit, I dozed off. I believe two or three times this week and uh, had to rewind it. It was just, I was so not excited or into anything. It just, it wasn't. Um, When do I think it started? Um, Really, to be honest with you, it started to get, it started to go down after the Monday Night Wars, but, you know, I really like, Ruthless aggression, and and I've said this before. I like ruthless aggression more than Attitude Era, um, but I think just as 
WWE start focusing more on being a publicly traded organization, all the digital work, all the sponsors, all that. Um, I think the emphasis on the wrestling product starts start to get the backseat of the branding part. And for us hardcore fans, it's like, hmm. And it's it's funny because Raw because um, Raw had his lowest uh, viewer uh, average viewer uh, viewership of all time over twenty five years uh, last um, this past Raw and Raw twenty five so they had about an average about two point four million viewers the yeah. first hour of Raw twenty five had four point eight million viewers so nostalgia is still is the thing. Oh, yeah. It was double. Raw 25 was double in the first hour had double the amount of viewers than the average of Raw last last night or, or Monday night. So it goes to show sure. that you're going to get you you're going to bring the casual fans in because of the nostalgia act and you know <laughs> it, it still it still is a thing, but WWE is going to just gloss over it like it means nothing. It's, it's all about nostalgia. People get mad about the part-timers and, oh, you know, Sting and Triple H, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker. Guess what? They bring in money at the end of the day. It's, yep. it's sad. Raw 25 was not the best at all. But it had right. nostalgia. <laughs> it was good. Time. It was, it was not, underwhelming. I mean, it, it was. I yeah. had cousins who haven't watched wrestling on a regular since the Crockett days in the WWWF, they turned into Raw 25. But it was not the best one. I was there. But mm-hmm. still the nostalgia. Nostalgia still wins. And currently, me and you talk all the time off the air, uh, Featherstone. Um, <laughs> we watch Raw, and, you know, sometimes on schedules. I mean, I get to watch it live. I'll catch up, you know, because I've been – you know, I've been out of town you know, this whole weekend, and uh, this guy back in uh, late tonight right before the show. When's the last time we watched Raw, even the recaps, where we've been glued? We fell asleep, we dozed off. I'm watching C3 other things, but I'm watching Raw, so I'm watching it live. It is, yeah. I've never thought, back in the day, two hours wasn't enough, three hours wasn't enough. We watched old Nitros, like, wow, we was glued. Even the old Nightdowns yeah. from the show, I was like, wow. We've got to go! Right. <laughs> well, every every Monday night raw ended with the rock getting still beat up by DX or something. And right. It, it was like wow. And and the thing is, yep. some of the matches on Raw and even Nitro wasn't the best. But we were glued. We watching last. Right. It was the storyline. It was the build. It was the storyline to build. Now with yeah. Raw starts, Tina had twenty minute promo. Then, of course, the best match now is the IC match. Stormer talks too much. Then there's about 15 backstage segments with a bunch of random people in the background. We don't even know who they are. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, CM Punk on uh, something else to wrestle with. I'm really looking forward to say that. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, all right, so uh, let's address these um 
So we talked about Raw. That, I mean, we talked about Raw. As far as SmackDown's concerned, uh, almost looked good. Uh, we'll see how that um, – that, I, I really like the almost and Sin Cara match. I think that was a pretty good match. Um, and then um, the I, – I, I don't know why Jeff Hardy keep, keeps losing. I don't, I don't understand that. I, I really don't understand that. Um, that. That makes absolutely no sense to me why he keeps taking the fall. Um, so – yeah, that's unfortunate. All right, let's ask, uh, ask Chris uh, just a couple more of these questions before we get to the flavor of the week and the predictions. Um, ask Chris, are you an Austin guy or Rock guy? I like the Rock way better. You know what? I was never big on either one of them as far as like, um, like my favorites. Now I had, I had an Austin shirt and a rock shirt because they were so cool at the time, but, um, I, neither of them were never my favorites during that time. I was, I was a Jericho guy. Uh, Jericho was my favorite still is as far as just that era. He's in my top five all time. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I, I'm a Jericho guy. So just neither of them my favorite, um, so oh, if I had I like to pick you. one, and see, uh, real quick, if I had to pick one, I would say Austin because I just didn't like The Rock at all at that time. I, for for a lot of his career, I just didn't like him. Um, and Austin was, you know, Austin was the man. So yeah, if I had to pick between Austin and Rock, I would say Austin. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Austin and Rock were cool. Um, I, like I said, I can't say one over the other. Like I, I was more Austin, and this kind of being, uh, you know, not say prejudice, but kind of just being um, biased. I, I remember Austin with long hair. He was sensational, Steve Austin. Just yeah, stunning. I'm sure GHP knows about that. The Lady Blossom, I remember him using as my mom used to call the Texas League. Uh, when he went against no. uh, the Punisher. <laughs> Which was actually the Undertaker yeah. in a mask. So yeah, right. I, I follow yeah. I, I follow Austin longer. So I, and, and I always loved the Rock. It's just it's not too many Rock matches I could go back and love. Like there are Rock matches I like, but Austin. He, I mean, I was a little more a little more for Austin if I had to choose between yeah. the two. Absolutely. All right, so let's uh, roll here. Let's get to the flavor of the week, and uh, we will be right back. It is now time for the flavor of the week. All right, next trivia question. What year did Andre the Giant become WWE champ? What year did Andre the Giant become WWE champ? All right, Axe Chris, hashtag Axe Chris, uh, opinion about WWE running two WrestleManias in 2020. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like I think it's just, I think one one WrestleMania is the, the way to go. Um, should be one day. <clears throat> like I said, I don't, I'm not, I don't mind it being five, you know, five and a half hours. Just give me something to, to be excited about. So, um Ask Chris, do you have any tats? I have 32 and four wrestling related. Oh, 32. I do have a tat. I have a sleeve tat, actually. Uh, right there. You see that? It is uh, uh, it is broken chains, 
and crosses breaking the chains. As uh, people know, I am a very religious person, a very devout Christian, and it goes up to my arm, as you can see, and it stands for Christ breaking the chains off my life. So as you can see, all these crosses with the broken chains. So there's my tat of a sleeve. Uh, let's see what else we have before we go. Uh, do you think Dean Ambrose um, returns in Extreme Rules, and should he come back as a heel? I think he should come back as a heel. Uh, I think he's not return. Uh, scheduled to return until um, uh, until September. 1988 is the correct answer. Great job. All right, so real quick, let's talk about uh, Ready to Run before we get to Extreme Rules. Um, before we get to Extreme Rules predictions, uh, I watched it today. <laughs> Just like last week, I watched Soho's Barn, and I watched Ready to Rumble again today, and uh, it was it was fun. <laughs> it was really fun. Um Jimmy Jimmy King just does not look like an ideal wrestler at all, uh, and uh, you know just you know it's one of those things that I don't. If you're not a wrestling fan, you would think that that movie just absolutely sucked. Uh, but um, <laughs> but I, I mean it was I'm a wrestling fan, so it didn't to me, and it, I mean there was you know there was a who's who of people there. I mean. I forgot that Goldberg had such a prominent role in that movie, and even wanting. Um, so that was cool. I just interviewed him uh, recently, so uh, I, I forgot that he had a prominent role to, to ask him about that. And um, Booker T was short hair. Uh, mean Gene Oakland was in both No Holds Barred in '89 and Ready to Rumble. Uh, what was ready, what year was Ready to Rumble? '99 or 2000? I think it was either it was either ninety nine or two thousand. Um, find out. Uh, ready to rumble. I think it was. I don't know. It was either ninety nine or two thousand. But regardless, Mean Gene Oakland was on both of them in, in a ten year or ten year plus span. So kudos to Mean Gene Oakland there. And at the end, Sting for the save. Thing for this, uh, it was a, uh, it was two thousand, two thousand, yep, two thousand, eleven year span. Gene Oakland was in both movies, so kudos to him. And then at the end, Jimmy, Jimmy the King wins, and Sting for the save. That's the that's the reason why he is the greatest of all time, ladies and gentlemen, because he is Sting, or the goat, as WCW would say, this. Is Sting. <laughs> I used to love when Shout uh, out to GMC for that. that. <laughs> yes, uh, Mystery Sting was. Uh, he he was in the rafters and um, absolutely. Um, the Triple Cage match. Yes, I I enjoyed the Triple Cage match, but I did not enjoy the. They tried to bring that to Nitro and the whole Triple Cage thing and. If y'all remember, Can- I believe it was Canyon that took that nasty bump yeah, during that match. Yeah, yeah, um, that was crazy. And speaking of Canyon, he was in the he was in the crowd at the end of that movie. Um, uh, he was he was in the front row. He was so that was really cool. 
But yeah, uh, he just took that nasty bump, and I don't understand. You know, again, it was just one of those things. Like, what? Why would just you sacrifice just taking up? Makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, let's get to extreme rules predictions. Without further ado, um, we have. Uh, what, are, what are our thoughts about Big Cast being released? I know I'm late, but I wasn't here. Um, check out two Pancake Power Samples. That would be the most. Uh, the, the, short, the short version of that is uh, from, what I, from what I've heard and, and the sources that I had that I wrote about, um, it was it was coming. I mean, you know, it, it made sense. Uh, I'll say that much. It made sense for him. Like, uh, it, it, was, it was compiled. So, yeah. All right. So let's get to the, to the predictions real quick. Let me know what y'all think as well. Uh, let's get to, to the pre-show match. Blue Day has a pre-show match. Tables match on the pre-show. Um, yeah. That is, that's the thing. There's... There's 11 matches. That's the reason why I don't think Raw and SmackDown should have joint pay-per-views. I just, I don't. I think, I think if they're going to split them up, split them up. They probably saw the numbers and probably thought that it wasn't interesting. People, someone said the New Day fell off. I totally disagree with that. New Day is one of my favorites. Um, but I don't. I think that they should have Raw and SmackDown. You'll, you'll have 10 to 11 matches every single time. Yeah, so you, you have a match at either, you have a new day and sanity on the pre-show, and that should be a, a, an actual match. So. All right, so who you got? Tables match, sanity versus new day. Uh, I heard sanity. You got to get that to him. They, they need to push. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of new day. Oh, someone said saying crazy Steve. Um, let's see. Let's, let's do Strowman versus Owen. Still cage match. Uh, Strowman. Oh, yeah, Strowman. Uh, Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin. This should have been on the pre show, actually. Oh, Uh, Finn. Uh, yes, Finn is well. Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax. Uh, Bliss will win. Yep, I think Bliss will win as well. Uh, let's do Hardy versus Nakamura. U.S. Championship. Uh, I think Hardy will win by DQ. I think Nakamura is going to take it. I think it's a consolation prize for uh, losing all those times to AJ Styles. I think they kind of wanted to him to get the U.S. Championship, but with Styles being in 2K19, um, they kept it on. So I think this is Nakamura's consolation prize. Someone said Kurt Angle turned heel and helped Corbin. Hmm. And, and, and just a and, good little turn. You know what? I'm more interested to see. Ben Fowler versus Kurt Angle in like the summer or something. We'll see. 
I don't want to see Kurt Angle as a heel though, but but he hasn't been used well at all actually. So they do something else. Um, let's do Ziggler versus Rollins, 30 man Iron Man match for the Intercontinental Championship. Who you got? Sadly, Rollins is going to lose. He's in his first spot, uh, Drew McIntyre. Hmm. I think they're going to give it to Rollins. Um, let's do Bludgeon Brothers versus Team Hell No. Legend Brothers will win. I mean, they're not going to get a title to Kings because he can't be there on a regular basis. So, Legend Brothers will win. Yeah, yeah, I got Bludgeon Brothers. Again, he could lose on SmackDown. I, so. There could, but uh, yeah, I think they're going to win. Bludgeon Brothers are. B Team versus the Elite Group of Say again? Uh, B-Team versus the Leaders of Worlds. B-Team versus Matt, Hardy, and Ray Wyatt. The Leader of Worlds. Yep. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like we should hope we're wrong for one of these predictions, but I don't think we will be. Uh, I don't. I just, I think, I like the B-Team getting some type of something, but if they win the title, I think that's the best brings it way out. The one said Bray, Bray turns on Matt. I hope that Bray is a heel with a wreck. Let's do um, Carmella and Asuka. Oh, uh, Carmella. She's gonna I think Asuka takes it. I think Asuka takes it. Uh, or or uh, Ellsworth find a way to get down to the cage and it becomes a uh, finish uh, a screwy finish um, let's do uh, Reigns and Lashley you got oh man um, I'll say Lashley because I mean if Reigns lose Lashley needs to win more than Reigns I mean what is Reigns really going to does he really need to win he's still going to be Reigns he's still going to be just big down Oh, so, so, uh, uh, I think I think Roman Reigns take it. Uh, I'm cool with either one. I think either it helps either one. But I think Roman Reigns is great. Um, all right, Styles versus Rusev. Uh, I agree. Styles is going to win. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure as always. That is the Extreme Rules card. Of course, uh, next week we'll be talking about Extreme Rules. Thanks to Evan Ginsberg and Leaping Lanny Poffold, the genius, to be on the show tonight. Talk about 350 days. Go check them out. Go Google 350 days. It's going to be a really cool show, really cool documentary. What I saw was really good, so check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, 328 episodes in the books. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen, uh, first of all, thank you all for the interaction. It was fantastic tonight. As always, I really, really appreciate every one of you guys uh, and gals for being such a awesome, awesome, awesome group. You guys are fantastic. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless, and always remember, I do it for you.
Have a good night. Good night, guys. Love you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires goal for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.